1: You are listening to The Postcast, presented by the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, alongside Brandon Piller, here to drive you home after a 4-2 loss to the Minnesota Wild. The four-game win streak is over, and now the Sens head on out on the road after a less-than-inspired 60-minute effort.
2: Yeah, Ross, that was a good old slice of humble pie there. We thought the Sens were riding high you don't have Josh Norris here, and uh, number twenty two is in the game the roster's a little different than usual, and things don't turn out so great up against a playoff contending team like the Minnesota wilds and uh, for for me, it all boiled down to that second period. I mean, you get out shot eight nothing uh, right out of the gate. they just look absolutely lifeless to start, and sure, they bring it back near the end, but too little too late
1: too little too late is certainly. The definition of this one, we'll get into what happened at the end. Was it DJ Smith's fault or did the players on the ice have to do better to control the puck? I think I forgot to intro ourselves. And that's what happens when we have, for the first time, all three of the postcast crew all together. I'm Ross Levitan. With me, as always, is Brandon Piller. And joining the postcast with boots on the ground tonight at the Canadian Tire Centre, it is the Martian himself. How are you doing tonight? How was it in there? Third period must have picked up a little bit.
3: What's going on, fellas? Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting night to say the least. But yeah, it, the crowd wasn't very uh, heavy. I was expecting probably a little bit more, um, you know, se- uh, butts in the seats there. But um, you know what? Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun regardless. We we had a lot going on out there. It was uh, yeah. it was an entertaining game to say the least. I mean, having two fights in the first period alone, right there, was like a lot of fun getting the Dabrinkit goal. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as the crowd goes, I've heard louder uh, this year, especially uh, at the CTC.
1: How did you feel about DJ Smith's decision with 2.36 left in the third period on the power play? They win the draw, but immediately after decide to pull uh, Anton Forsberg.
3: Yeah, I I was surprised. Uh, I think I I heard his post-game comments uh, just right afterwards, and he said... The reason that they did that was because he wanted to get his best players on the ice and um, they had possession. So if, if he was going to do it, then was the time, right? Um, but I don't, I don't really love it uh, because obviously the, the end result there was it, it would have, instead of them just clearing it, it just turned into the end of the game, right? So one mistake was the difference maker. And um, I don't know. I don't know about that one. That was that was a bit of a tough call, I think, in hindsight, obviously, but um i don't and and also like guys how often are they really practicing a six on four power play too right it's like they're almost better with just like the five on four and and rolling like that i just felt like you know they didn't really need the extra skater out there when their power play is buzzing around they're dominant and they get the shots and they get the chances so to me it was kind of a, a weird decision but um i guess they were going for it um and i I don't know. I guess he just felt like they weren't really gelling or they weren't popping off so that he needed the extra guy to get the offense there. But I don't know. I don't get
1: I don't love it. I don't hate it though because they did score on the power play with two men up earlier in the period to make it a one goal game. Ultimately, they fall two goals short after Frederick Goudreau empty netter after DJ Smith pulls the goalie with 233 left. And they didn't have a timeout. And that's where it kind of gets into my mind where does Drake Batherson know that... Forsberg's leaving the net right away? No. Because that's a risky pass to make. Sauce right up the middle through three bodies. It's likely that someone's going to get a stick on it. Frederick Goudreau does. And then Thomas Chabot at the blue line, does he backpedal and try to play goalie somewhat? Or do you like the move on his backhand, trying to whack down a bouncing puck and keep it alive with plenty of time left in the game? Pillsy, I want your first take on this one. And then we're going to bring in, The host of Locked On Wild will break it down a little more with Seth Dupal.
2: Seth Dupal. Yep, Seth is back. He's waiting, so I'll keep this short and sweet. But, Martian, I I actually, for once, I disagree with you. Usually we were on the same terms. I love that play because it seemed like the Sens had a lot of momentum. Like I said, it was too little, too late. They were running out of time there as it was. I feel like they needed to make that push. And like Ross said, they played well with a two-man advantage. Granted, a five-on-three is very different than a six-on-four. A, a, yeah, a lot less a ice.
3: Yeah, less in. ice. A lot less ice.
2: I'm fully willing to accept that. But I just felt like they had the momentum going. And sometimes you got to take a risk. Like Tim Stutzler says, no risk, no fun. So I was hoping <laughs> for a little more fun rather than risk there. But it doesn't always work out that way. But, yeah, it's tough that Shabbat kind of bobbles that one. But I don't think the idea was bad so so much as just some bad puck luck there. And Freddie Goudreau gets it on the breakaway. So, not not the best, but I like the risk at the, at the time. You, you got to gamble sometimes if you want to take yeah. a push to win meaningful games.
3: Yeah, and as far as losses goes to Pillsy, like I I don't really mind this one. You know, like yeah. there was a, plenty of losses last year where you just knew they were never going to come back and win. This one, even though they didn't bring their best game, it felt like that they were still in. They hung in there, right? Like anything could have happened there.
1: They hung in like they were on the receiving end of a Muhammad Ali beatdown. Like the second (laughs) period, the shots are 18 to three, not much offense going on at all. And we have some comments about Thomas Shabbat, who does have goals in back-to-back games defensively. I think it's a different story, and that feels like something we can get into on the postcast after dark. But without further ado, we got to bring in our good buddy Seth Dupel out in Minnesota right now, host of Locked On Wild. How'd that one look from your perspective, brother?
0: Fellas, we're back, I think. Uh, man, that was a fun game to watch, and I can uh, imagine it was a little frustrating to see the, uh, the Wild take advantage of just winning every puck battle there in the second period. It just yeah. it seemed like every time there was a puck on the corner, Wild came up with it. They dominated in time of possession. 100%. But they didn't really ever kind of distance themselves in this one. They allowed Ottawa to hang around, and so... You know, you dominate time of possession, you dominate in just about every category. But the uh, the senators were in it right till the uh, the end on that uh, power play. And I'll, I'll throw in on that one. I'll throw my hat into the ring on that decision. I like the call to uh, to go for the uh, the two man advantage. I just think it was a little disorganized to start. And if they yeah. get something up top just to kind of calm it down and realize, OK, we got a six on four. Let's take advantage. Maybe they get a better look, but they just—it was discombobulated from the start, and the Wild took advantage. And tip of the cap,
3: to Andre Flurry. He was—I mean, that was where I was going to go with that, Seth. Like that—that that save on DeBrinket in the second period, it's where funny. end of the first or end of the second, he robbed him at both. I uh, the one, the one where basically DeBrinket ended up having half the net to shoot at, and he, he ended up kind of shooting it right into his glove, and Flurry threw a lot of sugar on that. And led end of led- the
1: first, then.
3: At the end of the first, then, yeah, that that save right there, that was, I think, a huge, like, I, I don't know what even what even to call it. It's not a turning momentum point. Momentum
1: saver, no. It they, was like,
3: yeah, it was a momentum they, saver for sure because if the Sens would have scored there, we're looking at a whole different game, right? But At that point, it would have had two on the board. They, they would have been a tie game. Um, but that, yeah, that was a huge, like, that was a huge save in a, in a key moment. And that was one of those times where I was like, you know what, to has been kind of snake bitten, but that was the first time I've been like, dude, we need you to bury that one. Like you gotta put that one in the net. You are here for that reason. You get an opportunity like that. We're going to need you to score.
1: <laughs> well, Alex, the Brinkett's a disher now. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> this in seven games. He sets up Thomas Shabbat on that five on three cross scene pass one one that he's been on the receiving end of for a number of years. But ultimately, the Minnesota Wild win this one 4-2. And my prevailing thought is after the second period, how the heck was that a two-goal game? Where, Seth, do you think the Wild could have buried their chances a little bit better? Because to me, that could have been 4-5-1 after the second.
0: You know, I gotta I gotta give some praise for Forsberg too. It seems like the Wild had a ton of really good looks right around the net, and he was on his game, even though you look at the score and you might think he he let in four. Well, one of them was an empty netter, but I, I thought Forsberg was great. The Wild had no shortage of instances where they had good opportunities. They just in this game, they just couldn't bury him. I mean, the one that really sticks out to me was the boldy zuccarello just basically playing catch out there right in front of the net and not being able to come up with a score there. Ultimately you got to feel good that those looks will end up in goals later on in the season. But you know, it's just, it's just one of those where you feel fortunate that you got your, your goals early on and were able to, uh, to hang on for the win.
1: Well, if you're wondering where the Ottawa senators fan base is right now, Darius comments saying the Sens need to trade for Patty Kane and Seth Jones. So, Season's lost unless they add $20 million in, uh, in cap right now with those. Darius, deep breath, brother. It's fifth game of a five-game homestand. And I saw someone in the chat agreeing with me too. Like, it, I almost feel like five games is too long of a homestand this early in the season. Like, <laughs> give me a 2-3, even a 4-gamer, and get out of town. Get some camaraderie going. Like, Ottawa's schedule so far, maybe the teams haven't been the top, top echelon. They haven't played any of the heavy hitters yet necessarily. I'm not counting Toronto in that mix, especially how they started. But they start in Buffalo, then Toronto, and they're back home. Like that's a bus ride from Buffalo to Toronto, and then take uh, either the train, your choice, but it's right around the corner. So I want to see this team get out on the road, play a couple as well. But yeah, two and a half weeks at home feels like a lot this early in the season. And had the Halloween party on Tuesday night. Ah, there it is.
3: Okay, that's where I was going to go with that. I was going to say maybe that's a postcast after dark, dark topic, but we know the boys <laughs> were, were at the House of Targ not two nights ago just ripping it up there. Private party, I might add. So, um, you know, they were getting oh, after it. No cameras, right? So, no uh kitchen
1: staff got in there, eh? Like they did
3: at Matthew. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. I think that might have been a bit of a two-day hangover for the boys.
1: We posted, uh, this seems like a postcast after dark. We'll get into more of it. But uh, Brady Kachuk mixing drinks at the uh, at the end of the year party was all-time comedy. Because they kept giving away uh, bike helmet and shades after every win. He's out there, no tarp, full apron with the bike helmet and glasses. Let's just say he's not winning any bartending competitions with this one. Now, a lot of people mentioning Ottawa was out coached tonight. Pilsy, what's your take on that sentiment?
2: I don't think out-coach is really fair. Like like you mentioned, I just feel like this was a long home stand. You, you just come off a four-game win streak. Like, I'm not going to sit here and uh, feel like we need to get the, the whip out and have a whipping boy for the reason that this team lost. Like, it's nothing like that. And sure, they play a brutal second period, but... If you take a look at the third period, and I thought the Ottawa Senators started this game off hot. Ross, your key to victory was have the fourth line start this game and be out there banging bodies. Well, Austin Watson took that message to heart as he gets in a scrap right away. And uh, Martian, as you tweeted out, he actually won that fight. And I think uh, oh, I, mean, I think his this- hands hurt, guys, because he he's not used to landing punches. He uh, he's usually just bear hugging, and uh, it doesn't last too long. So that was a good start for Wadi. and then. Uh, I mean Brady bringing the energy, fighting Dumba there, like that was. I thought it was a decent first period, not an amazing first period, but really, it's it's all lost when you when you lose all that momentum in the second, and then they don't have enough time to tie things up late, unfortunately. So I don't agree with the DJ Smith uh, coaching issues, and he's been on the show, so we give him a little extra. Yeah, now he's Ross. a friend of the 100%. show.
3: pretty now.
1: One one thing I want to bring up uh, as well and shout out Brady Kachuk uh, extending his undefeated record in NHL fights. This kid is is just a bully out there when he gets going. But I'm not buying the DJ Smith slander per se. But tonight there were a couple opportunities where I'm looking out there and 22 is not only in the lineup but he's sneaking up playing shifts with 85 and I don't need
3: him playing with Jake and, he's, and he's out there on the PK too, right? No, like it's like running around. He's certain- already disadvantaged as it is. Like you don't want to double down on that. I, I mean I don't understand that decision either. But
1: and, and interesting I mean- where
3: the analytics come in as
1: well, because I thought that the Sen's fourth line was their best line through two periods. Like they were banging bodies 47, 45, and 16. And you already talked about Austin Watson getting hit in, in dirty. I thought Castlick had a couple of good hits, a couple of good puck carries. And then I look after the game, and natural static has them as like by far the worst players on the ice when it comes to shot share. Uh, Parker Kelly at 20% of the shot share. Castlick at 22 and Watson at 27 But just above them is Shane Pinto, a guy who we were just waxing poetically about with Locked On Wild and Seth yesterday on our crossover. And I thought that third line as a whole wasn't really getting a lot done. Tyler Mott couldn't hold on to pucks very well. What I liked, though, was Matthew Joseph going with the B game. And absolutely blowing up Matt Zuccarello in the second period. And he kind of <laughs> immersed himself physically in this game and had some wild players chasing him around after whistles and whatnot. So at least he was able to make a secondary impact on the game. Pilze, what did you think of Shane Pinto and Tyler Mott? I know, is the seven year contract still on the table for you with Tyler Mott? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, maybe bump that down to a six-year deal there, uh quick, <laughs> quick change there. But I, I, I think, yeah, it definitely was Shane Pinto's worst game of the year. But when you have a start like Shane Pinto, that's a high bar to fall under. So I'm not too worried there. Um, so Someone that I, I really highlighted, and Seth, I'll snap it over to you for this one, is you talked to us a lot about how Matthew Dumba's game really seems to be declining. And the, the only things I noticed from Dumba were poor penalties, He's trying and failing to get – well, I guess not failing to get under Brady Kachuk's skin. He ends up dropping the gloves, and uh, Brady gets the better of that one. But I had that in mind watching this, and I- I'm with you. It really seems like the Matthew Dumba that the Minnesota Wild have been accustomed to recently is not the, that guy anymore.
0: Yeah, he just he just really seems like a lot of what he normally brings to the table – is just not there. I mean, he was never a real elite defensive defenseman. He was always somebody that gives you that, um, gives you some offensive upside, uh, on D, but like he, he just does not really give you much in that category right now. And the turnovers just continue to mount. And it seems like he is just kind of throwing himself at, Throwing himself at uh, opposing players to you know try to jar the puck loose just is not really. I, I don't know if he's real sure of himself at this point. You know, demoted down to the third line. John Merrill is easily the better defenseman uh, in that pairing right now. So, yeah, it's it's been a uh, it's been a fall for uh, for Dumba so far this year. And that penalty at the end, I just was saying to myself, and that's something that I'll key in on probably in tomorrow's episode. Is that's a penalty you just can't take. I don't care what's going on in front of the net. You can't take that type of a penalty at that, at that time in the game. And thankfully it didn't end up hurting the wild, but it very easily could have. And there would have been a lot of people pointing the finger there. And rightfully so.
1: Before I get to Martian's send central standout first, Martian had boots on the ground. He's back on the streets, Seth, did you have a problem with either of those penalties to put the wild down five on three where the Sens were able to get back into the game and make it three, two?
0: Maybe the second one, but I I didn't really have a problem with the, the one that put the Senators on the power play to begin with. I, I didn't really get a good look at that second one. That, I think it was Hartman that was called for it. Yeah,
1: a bit of a hold. He kind of reached out, but then they got Shabbat back for a similar hold after the empty yeah. netters. So it was already over, but similar type holds.
0: And, and you look at that, five on three. And that's just classic. That's just a classic. Get your team out of position and capitalize. Like the wild were swung around behind the net. Then they were pulled over way to the right. And just great puck movement by the senators to, uh, to bury that one, to uh, get it to a one goal game.
1: Absolutely. Coming up, we'll get to our sense central standouts and then the postcast after dark, where we have jerseys, DJ Smith and a whole lot more to discuss that will be exclusively available on our YouTube channel. But, Pillsy, why don't you say hello to our friends at Bet Online? because I'm mad at them after all they stole from me after tonight's game.
2: Yeah, boys, we've been having a good time uh, with our bets on the Ottawa Senators at BetOnline.ag. But what comes up must come down. And you got it. There's ebbs and flows to the, the sports gambling life. But the way to do it and the way to get the best information and the latest odds, totals, player performance props – is of course at betonline.net the trusted online sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network and there's more than just Ottawa Senators games there. You can do football, basketball, baseball, golf, boxing, UFC. Whatever you like, you got it. And Martian's mentioning that although the Sens didn't win, he sprinkled a little extra on some props. Alex DeBrincki's goal, ca- cashing in for Martian, cha-ching. So that's why you go to betonline.ig because it's more than just the money line, the spread, the over-under. They got lots of fun stuff you can bet on. So check it out today, betonline.net. That's where the game starts.
0: Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: You are listening to the postcast after the Ottawa Senators suffered their first loss at home this season. They're now 4-1 and and embark on a road trip that takes them down to sunny Florida where they'll take on the Florida Panthers on Saturday afternoon before taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday, November 1st. With my parents in attendance, it's my mom's birthday. It's a milestone birthday, so I'm labeling it now. Tuesday in Tampa is a must-win game for the Ottawa Senators. We had the must-win game in the home opener and at work, Pilly, so I'm doubling back at that right now. We're going to go to the man with who had boots on the ground first tonight. We're also... In addition to Send Central standout, how about this? That guy is wild. Give me one wild player that impressed you as well.
3: Oh, I get to give you a wild player too. Okay, great. Uh,
1: Pretty wild, hey?
3: Yeah, that is wild. Um, Well, let me start off with my Send Central standout here. And uh, I'm going to leave the low-hanging one because I know that, you know, There's a certain player who who did make me a little bit of money tonight, who I'd love to go with, but it's not gonna be that guy tonight. I'm gonna go with somebody who's a bit of an unsung guy usually and doesn't get enough credit around here, and that's Travis Hamonick, guys. Travis Hamonick had a good game today, solid game. Like every time I, I looked up and I'm like, who just who just stopped that, you know, that rush? And it's number 23. Who just blocked that shot? Number 23. Who's out there just, just being solid and, and not effing around? It's Travis Hamannick, and he gets his job done every time. And I know that everybody really wants him to be the new whipping boy of this team, but it's not going to happen. It's not. He's actually solid, guys. He's doing the job. So you can't really give a guy that hard of a time. He had an assist tonight on the Debrinket goal, keeping that puck in play. Um, he had, he had a, a, I think, you know, a couple a couple – he had four hits, so – and 18 solid minutes for me, and, and just watching the game, and I am always the guy who will appreciate it, a good defensive defenseman. Travis Hamannick's my standout tonight.
1: Should we snap it back to you for your while? Why don't we, just because there's four of us, we don't want it to get too caught up. Give me your wild player that impressed you, and we'll snap it around. Unless, Pills, did you have some re- some reaction to yeah. Travis Hamannick? What did you think of his game, Pills?
2: Yeah, I thought it was fine, and I thought him and Sanderson have kind of been the – a nice pair that's keeping things afloat here. Cause I think Brandy has been decent too, but then having Zaitsev on that pair makes things tough. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of the online discussion is the only reason Sanderson and Hamannick are good is because Sanderson is so good, but I feel like Hamannick deserves a bit of credit there. So I, I like yeah. that, Martian.
1: Yeah. You know what what I'll, what I'll say though, Martian is like Hamannick had four shots on goal tonight. Less is more from him from the blue line. I feel like he, he's yeah. somewhat of an offensive, like zone Time killer you know what? actually so funny
3: too there was one play where he was like way on the far side of the ice and the Sens were kind of breaking in with two or three guys on the left side and he kind of yeah. decided to jump in and he's beaver tapping with like oh my he's dude. got he had two wild guys like right over the guy who's gonna and there was no oh. way that pass was ever gonna get through it was pretty funny um but yeah I mean of course I, I like the eagerness <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll- but, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> calm down a little bit on that, Travis. You but you're doing fine on the other end of the ice. So, we'll get,
1: we'll give him that. All right, Marsha, give us your Minnesota player that stood this, out to you.
3: This is the easiest choice I've ever been able to make, and this guy stood out to me from the first shift that he stepped on the ice cuz I didn't realize even how big this player was, and it's Ryan Hartman. He looked so good, I thought. Uh, having boots on the ground I was in the 200 level which is like a great area to like be able to view the game too right um number number 38 I was like who is this I'm like oh my god is that Ryan Hartman and he was hitting hard and he ended up with the goal and assist so 2.9 as well for him right um but like to me I was just like oh my god this is a player out here and and he looked like he looked like a little bit like a fourth line grinder but then when he got the puck he looked like a skilled guy so <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was loving his game out there, Seth. I know you guys were giving him a bit of a hard time on the uh, on the crossover episode there, and I, I know he hasn't had a great season, but you guys need that guy to go for that team to go, and he's the engine. And I, th- I think like if he has good games like that going forward, then I think the Wild would be fine because he looked nice. Seth, yeah. what,
1: what, what? How are you feeling about Hartman? Because you were a little hard on him the other day.
0: I was and it just it seemed like Hartman was super frustrated about his start to the season not scoring at the same clip that he did to start the year but you know we got to keep in mind that Kirill Kaprizov just wasn't netting the puck uh, at his usual rate to start the year last year so he picked up the slack there. Uh, I I think getting down to the third line with Jewel Erickson Eck has kind of taken some pressure off of him and putting him at a wing so he doesn't have to deal with you know, trying to win faceoffs and all those other things that go into being a center, and just being able to be a guy that's going to shoot the puck and is going to uh, to fight for it on the edges, I think is a better fit for him right now. And is he always that physical, Seth? That that's been, I think, more of his game that we've seen um, over the last few years with Minnesota. Is that he just is a guy that'll kind of grind it out and uh, and be more of a defensive presence. The offense got added to the, uh, the arsenal last year with yeah. 34 goals. And so that part of his game has always been there. The offense has been the part that we've kind of been, uh, been hoping to see more of, and I'll take more of those types of uh, goals here tonight, but, uh, I was encouraged. We do need to just tone it down on the penalties a bit because yeah, uh, he, 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 right? yeah, he had the one where he retaliated that took a wild power play off the board and, <laughs> When you got a power play one, that was a Brady Kachuk special wild, too
3: right there, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's classic Brady, though. You you can't give your guy too hard of a time when Brady's doing that because like he does that to everybody. Yeah. When
0: when you have a power play one like the wild do, you gotta give those guys the opportunity to be on the ice as many times as they can. So just one of those things. It's like you learn from it and you move on, but ultimately we'll take the dub.
1: Seth, this is uh, obviously Locked On Senators, and we want to send everyone to Locked On Wild as well. you will break down this game in more detail tomorrow. I do want to know which Wild player impressed you, but I'm always curious of guys who don't look at the Ottawa Senators 82 games in and out. Who looked good out there for you in black?
0: You know, with as much as the Wild dominated in puck possession and the amount of zone time that they had, especially in the second period, I got to give it to Forsberg. I feel like this game could have been much more lopsided than it was, if not for some really good saves and just keeping the wild from kind of building that comfortable lead. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. Um, I would also go with uh, the wild killer uh, DeBrinkat for, uh, for getting that, uh, that first goal for the Sens. but I'm going to give it to Forsberg. I think he, I think it was the reason that this wasn't like a five to one or a four to one type game.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, that's definitely a solid choice. And then, who's your wild player of the game? I'm struggling to think of a of a good keep um, word. Deeper-goly. What about a, a Minnesota man? Who's your Minnesota man of the game?
0: You know, <laughs> I um, I mean, let's go honorable mention to let's go honorable mention to Mark Andre Fleury. I'm gonna go with Freddie Goudreau for the. Mm. Um, not, not necessarily a Minnesota-born guy, but uh, Freddie Goudreau, the 1C tonight. And you look at what the top line for the Wild was able to do uh, in this one tonight. Top line guys for the, uh, the Sens were collectively a minus three, which I, I don't think you guys see that that often. Um, got the empty yeah. netter at the end, and just good to have a guy that can kind of win those battles and keep more possession for Kaprizov and Zuccarello.
1: After tonight's game, Dean Evanson had a nice thing to say. I want Minnesota man Seth
0: Tupal to read what the head coach of the Minnesota Wild thought after this game. Dino, I thought our team was great. That's a hell of a hockey club that we just played, and we talked about it before, and their skill set, their grit, their determination, they've got every element.
1: Well, obviously, I played off of that with, sheldon keith in toronto talking about how much respect they got in the handshake line after losing in seven games again last year i think it was john cooper that said that or uh no no sheldon keith after tampa gave them so much respect in that handshake line i'm not here for the handshake respect but it is nice when other coaches because they were saying that about the Sens in 2019 pilsey oh they work hard they're they're a good team no they weren't
2: yeah, they were they really weren't. That was just like a pity nice thing to say. But now now I feel like we can take it with some uh genuine approach here.
1: All right, Mar uh Pillsy, give me your send central standout tonight.
2: Well, if Seth went officially with Forsberg, then I'm going to take Debrink it. I know that was your honorable mention Seth, but I'm desperate here. I don't have a lot of other guys to go Thanks. to. So, I'm um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Ross. You Good luck, me. Ross. I'm taking it. I got to because I don't have much of a choice. A goal and an assist. Seven shots on goal again. He plays 24 minutes other than Thomas Schwatt That's most on the Ottawa Senators. So, he was out there a lot. And it's it, he could have had a Hattie. He could have had his first Hattie with the team if Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't make that glove save. And then there's another save later on that w- was kind of a... Falling over, dive save for Flurry that debrinket yeah, could have had right
1: in his chest, though, and that was that was tough. But what else are you gonna do? He was flying.
2: Yeah, and then I think uh, debrinket had a one time or two that I believe Jared Spurgeon blocked on the power play, so he was out there. The boys were feeding him to people that are worried about the gold totals. I'm not. He's been looking good. So Brinkett is my San Central stand. Another
3: night with like seven shots on gold Seven like shots, Martian. How, how, how many times has he done that?
1: He's got to be close to the top of the league in in scoring. He had 33
3: shots when they put it on the scoreboard at the game.
1: Well, if I'm looking right now, yeah, sixth in the NHL in scoring, and every other player has played a game more.
2: You mean shots?
1: Shots, yes. Yeah. Yes. Eight points in seven games, 35 shots on goal. Everyone else above him has played eight, if not nine games, if you're Timo Meyer. Yeah, that's a lot of shots. Timo Meyer has no goals on forty-two shots. Can we talk about that for half a second? Jeez. No goals on forty-two shots. That's a guy that
2: can light the lamp usually. You know what?
1: Wow. No what? Uh, there's no issue with me sharing the screen on this one. This is actually you know what? This is postcast after dark. We'll get to that in just a minute. I'll wrap up with my Sense <laughs> Central standout. Okay. And then Pilsy, I wanna hear one wild player that impressed you. But boys, how'd you leave Brady Kachuk on the table? Like This guy, his shot share was elite tonight in a game where they got dominated in puck possession. He was still out there way positive. When he's on the ice at 5-on-5 in over 12 minutes, Ottawa had 17 shot attempts and Minnesota had 7. Contrast that with what the finals were in in this game. He brought his presence physically. Pelzi, what do we say about him playing on a line with Timmy? He's gonna give him a little more space, and he's gonna protect him, kind yeah. of like what the model I love did that. playing Marcus Foligno with Rossi and Boldy. Is they yep. they've got Brady in there to be like, "Hey, I dare you to touch." Tim yeah, me.
3: he was like, he was like, as soon as somebody touched him, he was like, "No, you have to fight me now."
1: the Button, let's go. And Brady's got a near perfect record set uh, in in fights in the NHL. He lost one in his rookie year. I want to say to uh, Jonathan Erickson. From Detroit big big defenseman, but he he took care of uh Blake Wheeler he took care of Shea Weber was it was
3: Erickson coaching. or Abdulkader? I think it might have been Abdulkader. he fought, okay. He fought oh, okay. okay
1: yeah 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 okay might have been Abdulkader though because Erickson was his first fight and it was kind of back and forth that's the one where uh he said oh, yeah him. yeah just paying rent he was living with Mark Stone Ab- uh Erickson hit Mark Stone and he's like all right gotta pay rent let's go drop the mitts but Brady Chucks my standout tonight you talk about what he did uh, in terms of shot share, but even on on the score sheet, like yeah, it doesn't show up all the time. But uh, I still think you know this is the sense lead, team leader in scoring, and I, I love what he brings game in game out. And uh, and it was what do you no call it, Ross?
3: Game. Like if that? you had Cap to put if you had, if you had a, yeah if you had to put a, a simple term on it, it's captain shit. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> that's you go. all
1: it is, man. When Brady Kachuk gets going, and uh, yeah, you you don't love the outcome minus three. Plus minus stats are for losers yeah. I thought uh, I thought he looked good one thing they gotta fix though and I need to get this in the regular postcast losing the first faceoff on a power play is the most dejecting thing all yeah. time the offensive zone faceoff the music's blaring in the rink everyone's feeling good you lose the draw sends it down 20 seconds you're like this sucks so that that's too bad from that standpoint and when I look at the uh, at the Minnesota wild tonight it's like, I got a few guys here I could choose from, but have you guys actually left 97 still on the
3: board?
2: Ah, yeah. I was hoping to get it back. Man, he looks you, sick, you earned too. taking that, though. You earned he that. He looks sick.
3: There was moments where you I'm like, man. He's as nasty as they say he is. Yeah.
0: Every
1: time he touches the puck, I yeah, kind of scoop agreed. to the edge of my seat. It's like, what the hell yeah. is this guy going to do? Because he's small. He's shifty. And next thing you know, he's done 12 things with the puck, and I'm kind of looking around like, Oh, sick! Yeah, barely blinked in this amount of time. He is a super talent, Seth. And were you ever worried, Seth, this summer when the whole like Russian situation was going down and he had like ducked out on his military service? Like, were you at all worried that he wouldn't find his way back to Minnesota?
2: <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> that was a I diagonal was, I, head shake. I was I don't trying even know did that to, there. Yeah.
0: I was trying to play it both ways. Uh, no, <laughs> I really wasn't because. You know, there was going to be this time of like, if it gets to, if it gets to this date and it's still not figured out, then yeah, we can start to sweat it a little bit. But uh, Bill Garen under cover of nightfall, getting it taken care of. No worries <laughs> there. In
1: the middle of war, in the cover of nightfall,
0: but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude, that was like a big story for Michael Russo when he came over. It's like the eagle has landed. Kirill Kaprizov is in Manhattan and has cleared customs.
0: Yeah, and it just kind of came up um it, it caught everybody a little bit by surprise cuz we just we didn't hear we heard a lot about it then we heard nothing, then an update, then more of nothing, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, yeah, he's here." Oh, okay. That's a great collective sigh of relief for the entire fan base.
1: Yeah, he is uh, he is a hell of a hockey player. For the from- league,
2: I love watching him except when he dazzles against the Sens, <laughs> so I was happy he came back too. Yeah,
1: 100%. When he was on the ice, the Wild had uh, three high danger scoring chances and gave up none.
3: His goal was so weird, too. It was almost a lot. Dude, the way he opened his
1: body up and was able to tip it home.
3: Yeah, I want to say it was luck, but I don't think it was. I don't think
1: it was either. He's a superstar player out there, no doubt, for the Minnesota Wild. If you want to learn more about the Minnesota Wild, again, we advise everyone to go check out Locked on Wild on YouTube, wherever they get their podcasts. Pilsy, wrap this way too long edition of the postcast up, and then we'll get into the postcast after dark because I hope EMVC, if I got those letters right, is still there because we want to talk jerseys. We want to get into a little bit deeper conversation about this game, and anything we leave will be on tomorrow's Locked On Senators with Pilsy. No, you're not holding this one away. Future recurring guest, Mark Mathot.
2: That was that was crispy right there. Is um, that good?
1: Should I do keep, the pod like keep this? that, mic, keep Yeah, that maybe mic a there. little. That
2: sounded a lot better to me. It's I'm no audio nice. technician, but that sounded crispy.
1: We don't want to be those guys who just have the the mic right in front of them, like "Hello, how are you today?"
2: But it, I can hear that in my thing. It sounds better. Should I leave it here? Yeah, leave it there for now. It's a, it's a little nicer. But uh, hopefully, I didn't overshadow that message because we are very excited that Mark Bethaud is going to be joining us. I mean, we vibe with him great. Tomorrow. In uh, Yeah, not just tomorrow, in our crossover before, so we're excited for that, but I got to keep things moving here. I'm going with, um, so Hartman, Goudreau, and Kaprizov are off the board, correct? I will take Matt Zuccarello. I mean, other nice. than getting absolutely rocked by Matthew Joseph, but when you're a guy like Matt Zuccarello and uh, you're standing at five foot eight, 180 pounds, you're probably going to get knocked around out there once in a while. Um, but he had a nice goal. I thought seven shots on goal. We're talking about to that that, um, that had seven shots on goal and was it up. Zuccarello was similar for the wild and, uh, I I love uh, a good Norwegian hockey player, as there's not many. And I can confirm from Norwegian scouting trips that he is a legend there. Anytime I wanted to talk hockey with people in Norway, they're like, oh, I'm a Rangers fan. Well, duh, Matt Zuccarello, and uh, they love him over there. And uh, he's had a great career, and he can he's kind of revived himself in Minnesota. It didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then he's popped off lately. He leads the team in points and gets another goal tonight. So uh, that's my Minnesota man. Seth?
1: Everyone in this chat is now putting on their Minnesota Wild pom poms because up next for the Wild is the Detroit Red Wings, an Atlantic division foe who we hope loses every game for the rest of the year. We love our friends over at Locked On Detroit Red Wings, but that team, they're way too close to the Sens and how they're building this thing up. So we're hoping that you guys can get back in the win column at Laleem's Martian. Had boots on the ground tonight. Pilsy and I will have locked on Senators tomorrow with Mark Mathot. Have you heard of him? Got to be top 30 all time in games played for the Ottawa Senators. And he had the best seat in the house to the best player in the last two decades in the Ottawa Senators as he was Eric Carlson's partner for everyone who didn't know that, which is maybe zero out of 74 in the chat still, but we're going to get to our postcast after dark. I just wanted to tease all that as things coming up tomorrow, whether you go check out Seth, Seth's recap on locked on wild or check out locked on senators tomorrow with Mark Mathot for Seth at Laleem's, Marsh and Brandon pillar. We're going to say goodbye for a minute, but then we'll be back with the postcast after dark. You're listening to the locked on senators podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. It's your team every day.